0: This is Financially Covered with certified financial planner, David Chuttick. A podcast for insurance agency owners, their money,
1: and their profits.
0: Hello and welcome to Financially Covered. We're a podcast for insurance agency owners, their money, and their profits. Before we get into today's interview, I um, would like to tell you about the energy bus. So if you've ever had a period in your professional uh, work life or where things just don't seem to be going right and it's real easy for a lot of us entrepreneurs to get down and have negative energy, Uh, try either listening to or reading The Energy Bus. A lot of entrepreneurs have heard of the book but it's really empowering and helps us to remember that we can control the energy in our lives and in our businesses and uh, we can invite the people with positive energy into our lives and onto our bus. So give The Energy Bus a shot, it's a real good one. And now on to today's interview, Uh, we're talking with Ava Smith today. Uh, Ava has been in the human resources business for a long time, and we'll be discussing hiring practices. As we all know, we are only as strong as our teams, and hiring is one of the challenges that all entrepreneurs have. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Ava Smith. And today we are with Ava Smith. Ava Smith owns two companies in the uh, HR and uh, recruiting fields. So Ava, tell us a little bit about your two companies.
1: Okay, I own two companies. One is Ava Smith & Associates, which is an HR consulting firm and I'm the on-call HR rep for small businesses, nonprofits, and even some ministries in the upstate. I also own a company called Flat Fee Recruiting um obviously the name tells the story i uh, do permanent placement recruiting for a small economical flat fee um, i service all size businesses but i love to work with small businesses um, they tend to need me the most
0: absolutely absolutely And many small businesses cannot afford a, um, a full-time hr department so today's podcast is going to be titled "Effective HR Practices and Your Bottom Line" because we all like to have a have a nice big fat bottom line. So Ava, tell me, uh, how many years have you been in the HR business, and and how does that translate into your recruiting background?
1: Yes, I've been in HR for almost thirty years. I know that's dating me, um, but it's an industry that I love. I have um, serviced all types of industries, from uh, manufacturing to service-based organizations, nonprofits, um, even some colleges and universities. So what that's done is it's given me a lot of exposure of different types of positions that I've recruited for over the years, thousands of positions that I've recruited for over the years. So I have the ability to kind of step into a specific culture, specific environment, anticipate their needs, and help them narrow down the right person.
0: You know we all know that we're only as strong as our team whether we're a small office or into the hundreds or uh, hundreds or thousands of of employees. Um, But many entrepreneurs are really good at their trade, but the running the business portion of it is not, uh, not where they have the most expertise. So what are some of the mistakes that you've seen businesses make in their hiring practices? Right. So um, you're right.
1: Small businesses start a business because they're an expert at what they do. And my goal when I'm working with clients is to make sure that they have the ability to focus on those things so that they can keep their productivity going and, and make the right goals in terms of uh, profits. Um, what I see in, the, in the, what I call the small business syndrome when it comes to hiring is that sometimes you can be very overwhelmed in a small business. And so they tend to say, we need to hire someone. And they don't understand that there's a difference between being overwhelmed with work and being ready to hire someone.
0: And isn't it true that normally when you're hiring is it already when you are overwhelmed because you've been understaffed, which just continues that cycle, isn't it?
1: Right. And sometimes it's that you, you need to maybe change your processes. Maybe the processes are leading you to feel overwhelmed. Um, but sometimes it's because you have more work than you can handle and you really need to hire someone. So I always tell clients, just slow down for a minute and do a true assessment. Are you just overwhelmed or are you ready to hire? So my definition from an HR standpoint, when I say ready, you know, do you have a formal job description? Um, Are you prepared to give a really good orientation into the company? Are your systems even prepared to bring on a new employee? You'd be surprised how um, new uh, employees are so frustrated because they don't have anything as simple as an email address, a desk, um, some of the the access that they need to be able to do their jobs. The job description is important because what tends to happen is if you're just overwhelmed, you just want help. And so you bring someone in and it's kind of like, I'm just going to give you stuff to do or they're left to sink or swim or figure out how they fit in. Job descriptions help you to really outline what this person should be doing. And then when you're delegating that work, you're delegating appropriately and not just shoving tasks at them. Um, Part of that is a great um, impact on your retention. If people feel like you're not organized or this is not the position, the way that you described it to me, um, you're going to end up losing them potentially to another company that tends to have it, you know, more together. So you have to make sure you're not overwhelmed, make sure you're ready and
0: have those key things in place. So can you help with coming up with a job description? I think a lot of small business owners assume that, uh, their minds can be read, and uh, their their current and new team owner, team players should know what they need to be done. But obviously, that's not the case. So, can you help with that? And and talk to us a little bit about what a good job description would entail. Right. So, I I absolutely can. Um,
1: sometimes when I get recruiting requests, uh, the company will send me five bullets and say, "This is what we need." And after asking many questions and pulling out things in more detail, or I've I've recruited for so many positions, I tend to know what to anticipate in those particular roles. So I'm able to say, well, are they going to be doing this? Will they be handling that? And by the time we're done, there's 25 bullets. Um, But even that information needs to be translated into a solid and legal job description because you want people to sign off on it. Uh, You wanna have your disclaimers, you wanna make sure that it covers uh, disabilities um, if that is the case you want to talk about your working conditions uh, standing sitting lifting pushing pulling all of those things are very very important because you don't want someone to take a job and you find out after the fact that they cannot fulfill the essential functions of the job so yes typically I get the basics of what you need but I actually help you build out a very formal and solid job description
0: okay. And I, I'm a big believer in soliciting help of an expert because we all have areas in our lives and our businesses where we don't even know what we don't know. So right. if you have a, a a job opening that requires standing uh, for a large portion of the day, how many business owners wouldn't even think to uh, to make it clear that standing would be uh, would be required? And maybe maybe a, a, a great candidate just doesn't have that physical ability. We need to know right. that up front. Uh, and great. make accommodations or get your advice on, on how to handle that. That's correct. Absolutely. So in your years, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes? And I bet you have some doozies as far as uh, yes, do, and shoot, you and you and I have worked together a few times, so you probably <laughs> you could yes, name, uh, name, name a few of my mistakes. But what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen right. businesses make in their hiring practices?
1: So the, the two other things I would say um, that I feel are mistakes um, is that a lot of small businesses don't, Consider the pace in their hiring practice. Some people hire too quickly and some people hire too slowly. So, too quickly is you're in that overwhelmed state or you really need the help, and somebody comes in and wow, they have a great personality, they smile a lot, they made you feel good in that moment. Um, you feel like they would be a great help for you, and you just hire them very, very quickly. Um, some people they want to make that right fit. And I believe in taking your time to find the right fit. But if you are still interviewing and you have qualified candidates waiting, you start getting in that two, three week mark where you haven't been able to re-engage those prior candidates, you could potentially lose them to other companies because they are pounding the pavement very hard. When I post an ad for a position, uh, I brace myself because I get about to 300 responses because people are pounding the pavement so you don't want to go too fast and you don't want to go too slow Um, you want to have a a decent goal in terms of turnaround time the other big mistake that i see companies make um, especially small businesses is a lack of doing due diligence so a lot of companies do not check references a lot of companies do not do a uh, background check and i always prefer that there's a national background check because people can migrate from state to state, Um, especially when you have a company where they have access to either money or um, information about others. So you don't wanna position yourself for potential liability. If they have access to driver's license numbers, social security numbers, dates of birth, you wanna make sure that you've done your part to protect your clients. So due diligence is extremely important and listen, um, interviewing is is a sales act to some degree so some people are charmers I mean okay. they impress you um, but if you take the time sometimes and check their references you might see a pattern where they're not eligible for rehire you might find out that they just quit their jobs without notice and they're just looking for the next company to latch on so um, some of my clients do not have the time to run down references or or to run background checks or what have you. So I always encourage them to engage me. Um, We will handle all of that for you, hand it over to you so that it can go in the personnel file so that if there's any instance that happens with that person and your clients or even that person with your fellow employees, you've done your part in regards to due diligence. So being overwhelmed, um, the pace and due diligence would be probably the top three things that I see that are huge errors in the in the hiring process,
0: sure. So, do you find that um, w- would you typically do a kind of a first uh, first interview, and maybe uh, eliminate candidates based on that interview, and, and pass them on to the owner for for subsequent interviews, or, or yeah, how would so you I handle? Have some
1: clients that um, post their own ads, and um, they say, "Here's my Indeed account. Go for it. Find the best person. You know, interview for me, and, and handle that first step." um i have some clients that actually um, have gotten referrals from other people and they love being able to exclude themselves from making that decision because they have peer relationships um pastors are really good at that they don't like to post a position within their ministry and you know their members apply and they're feeling sure. kind of awkward in the process so they hand it over to me i'm a neutral person that handles the process so i'm very flexible it depends on your culture, your needs, you know, your work, your work um, responsibilities, but I I can be an all or nothing. Yes. Well, first of all, I do ask, what is your greatest weakness? Okay. <laughs> um, and that's just a standard um, question, but you're right. Some people, I mean, the answers I get sometimes are ridiculous, like chocolate or, you know, something crazy. Um, but I do want to find out why are you currently looking for work? Sure. That helps to open up understanding of what has driven them away from a company or it can simply be a response of I got fired from my last job and you you know know how to approach that conversation moving forward I always ask what did you like the most about these particular positions and what did you like the least about these particular positions because if the things that they like the least are the very things you're going to need them to do then that's a sign that you don't want to bring that person into your environment I ask them, what are you looking for in a supervisor? I ask them, have you ever done anything on a job that you regret? You'd be surprised how people will open up um, and answer these questions, and it could be something that you can live with, it may be something that that you can't, but it also can help you gauge their honesty. Some people are very honest about mistakes and how they've learned from it. And by the way, these questions that I'm proposing, these are not questions that I ask in a face-to-face interview, I actually create questionnaires, and those candidates have to go into that document and answer those questions in their own words. So people feel a little bit more comfortable sharing when they're typing than they are discussing it in a verbal conversation, Um, and it gives you an opportunity to really ponder what they've said, you know, after the fact and relate it to how it's going to translate into your environment. And when you do that, by the time you're done reading this long questionnaire, you somewhat have a hologram of this person and you can, in a way, see if you can anticipate
0: how they'll do in
1: your environment.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And depending on the position, it'll, it'll show what type of grammar they, they use and, and spelling and all the attention to details that are, that are so important depending on, on the position. Um, so if anybody decided not to use you or a person like you, what are some questions that would really get you in trouble in an interview? Um, as far as discrimination or anything else, because we've all heard, you know, don't ever ask this in an interview. So Right. Um, You don't
1: ever want to ask age um, or their date of birth. Um, Please make sure, first of all, you have a a legal job application. Um, I get terrified when I do uh, my consultations and I look at um, the forms that people use, and some of them are using applications from the 80s. You should not have on your application, what is your date of birth? What is your social security number? Um, You shouldn't have on your application nor should you ask in person, um, do you own a car? Um, The appropriate thing is do you have reliable transportation because they don't have to own a car necessarily to fulfill the essential functions of the job as long as they can get there on time and and do what they need to do. Um, You don't wanna ask do you have children and how old are they? And are you going to have issues with, with daycare and sickness? And are you married? Are you single?
0: Um, now, devil's advocate, small two-person operation, obviously being at work is important. So how does the business owner get a sense of, will this person, uh, kids are sick, kids get sick and, and, and that's just life, but um, you know, the show has to go on. So how do you get a feel for what the reliability will be? Right.
1: So I would just, in general, start off with, tell me about yourself. Um, People tend to let you know, I'm married, I'm a single mom, I have two children. Um, I I have two children that are 19 and 20. So when you hear the word children, don't always assume that they're young. Um, And so another way you can kind of ease your way into what your concern is, is to say, how would you, um, if I were to call your references, how would they describe your attendance record?" And so they might share oh, well, well, I think that they would say that I'm, I'm there all the time. There are a few times that my kids have been sick and I've had to do X, Y, Z, but overall they probably would rate me as an eight or a nine. Those are some savvy ways to find out those, um, the answers to those questions. And it also will put the light bulb in their head that wow, they might call my references. So I have to be honest about this. And sure. that's a way to inadvertently flush out that concern. But you don't want to say oh you've got a you know two-year-old how often does the child get sick you know do you anticipate being out of work all the time and those things can come across as being discriminatory and what you have to remember is that anybody can make any type of claim against you even in the um in the interviewing stage and the burden of proof is always on you to prove them wrong so it'd be very difficult if they made a claim that you discriminated against them for having small children and you'd be able to prove that you didn't. So stick to those vague questions and just do your best to listen and get a gauge of, of what they're telling you. And you might have to read between the lines.
0: Great. Great. And that's probably where it's better to have a professional handle. uh, Someone who does that all day, every day, would be better at reading between those lines. Uh, Because again, as a business owner, we need someone, we need help. Uh, We're short-staffed and hey this person in front of me looks really nice and um, they said they can be here but you know I feel like having having a professional step in may be the the better uh, Mm -hmm. better 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 option to avoid some mistakes so other hiring advice I mean what what other advice would you give to our listeners to help them to hire effectively Mm -hmm. and you know I don't know if you can quantify the cost let's say in an office environment, if you can quantify the cost of a bad hire, someone who maybe stays on for six months and just didn't work out.
1: Yep, so part one of your question, I have about four tips that I would um, recommend. When you're hiring, don't just look at the now, always consider the later. Always leave room in your business for innovation, for changes in your industry. Um, So you wanna make sure that you hire somebody that's flexible that's willing to make changes as your company may change. You wanna look for uh, a long-term potential. Um, Think about your business plan. Think about your growth plans. Don't just hire for where you are right now. A year from now, two years from now, if this person is still with us, will they be able to grow into the position or another position that will help better support the company? That would be a piece of advice. Okay. Um, The other thing I would say is make sure that you flush out expectations on both sides. So a lot of times, small businesses will do an interview and they don't understand that it should be a two-way consideration. So they're talking about, we're going to expect you to do this. We're going to expect you to do that. But they never stop to say, what are your expectations? You know, what kind of culture are you looking for? That's part of an expectation. What motivates you? Uh, what incentives seem to work for you?
0: Because isn't it true that the right fit, as far as personalities, especially in an office environment, could be just crucial? Um, you know, the, the 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 office needs certain things done, but um, let's say someone might enjoy or flourish in a work from home environment at some points. Um, you know, that might be something to discuss and, and something that could work out both on both ends. And that, that talks a little bit about, uh, you know, expectations and, and, and what is certain ways of compromise. And, and if, if both right. parties are, are good with that, that could be a great incentive for, for the right. team member and the business owner. And you're only gonna know that if you probe. And right. a lot of companies don't stop
1: to say, so what are your expectations? What are you looking for in a culture, and an environment, in terms of your growth? Um, Some people will say, listen, I'm good with just coming in and doing these limited numbers of tasks, and I don't mind doing that for the next five years until. Um, Some people are very um, excited about their future, and they're looking for growth. Well, if they expect to be at a certain level, and it's not even a position within your company, then why would you bring them in knowing that you're not going to meet their expectations? And like you said, sometimes especially in a small business environment, it's even personality. Some people expect to be able to walk in, not make friends. I just wanna come in, do my job, earn a living and leave. While the culture would expect that there would be some, some banter, um, some maybe outside engagement, uh, family environment, closeness. And so you really have to probe because that one person can actually change the, din- the dynamic of your entire company and bring down morale. Absolutely, is important. The other thing I would say is, make sure you focus on diversity. And when I say that, I'm not necessarily speaking of um, ethnic diversity, but people come from different backgrounds, um, different experiences. We have generational differences now, at least four in the workplace in a professional environment. Um, Each generation brings something different to the table that's valuable. And so you don't want to have Everybody that thinks the same way, that responds the same way, I tell, um, I do diversity training. So I tell my clients, if everybody's smiling and everybody's going in the same direction, that could be the worst thing for you. Because if we're all smiling and we're all going in the same direction, but it's the wrong direction, then we're all going to fail. So just be open to different backgrounds, different walks of life, different perspectives, um, and embrace that. And then I would also say lastly, onboarding is so important. Um, everything from making sure you've got all of your uh, paperwork and being in compliance with the laws. There's things like E-Verify and I-9s and uh, making sure you have things signed off, non-disclosure agreements. Um, all of those things are really important. The orientation, you know, do they? did you ask them in the interview, tell me about my company? What do you know about us? If they didn't research you and you still decide to hire them, Please do your best to make sure they know your company history, your mission, your vision, so that they can mold into what it is that you're trying to do for yourself and the people that, you know, that you serve. Um, Circling back and making sure that you are asking questions. How are you doing? Are you thriving? Are you struggling? Following up with those uh, 90 day evaluations, those annual evaluations, all of that does affect retention. And so when you ask me about the bottom line, that's where that it comes from. So first of all, recruiting is very expensive by the time you place ads. And if you, if you especially place ads in multiple places, it will add up very quickly. You could easily pay $600 to $1,000 just to place ads. Then time is money. When you're getting all those people that are applying and you feel obligated to look at all those resumes And then, you you know, out of 100, only five people are qualified. That time is time that you could have potentially been working, you know, on something else. Training takes time. So that, again, translates into money. Um, Payroll, while you're, you know, while they're learning, costs you money. And then if they leave, you have to start that process all over again. On average, you're probably talking about $2,500 when you add it up, when you're recruiting and onboarding people. So it has to be the right fit to make it a great return on your investment and to not have that turnover uh, because it will kill your bottom line. And it's kind of like high blood pressure where they Uh. said high blood pressure is the silent killer. A lack of retention is also a silent killer to your bottom line. So it's very important to consider all of these things to make sure you have a solid fit.
0: Sure. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the lack of retention. Let's talk just real briefly as we run down to uh, the end of this conversation. What about the time where it becomes, we're at the point where retention needs to end and maybe there's a team member who just for whatever reason does not fit in your organization. Just real quickly, in addition to maybe getting Ava or somebody like Ava involved with that, um, some real quick bullet points on on termination, when or if that, we hope it doesn't get to that, but of course it happens.
1: Right, so I would say, first of all, I have a lot of small businesses. The first thing they throw out there is, um, we're an at-will state and we can just let somebody go and we don't have to feel obligated and all of that. The thing to consider is that, again, like I said earlier, anybody can make a claim against you. And if it's a claim that leans towards any type of discrimination or unfair, hiring practice, then you have to be able to prove them wrong. So I always advise people, if you hire someone or if you have a current employee that is struggling, make sure that you counsel them, make sure you put it in writing, make sure you get them to sign off on it. You always wanna have your documentation to show that you actually had that conversation with them. Um, That first 90 days, that is an introductory period. People don't realize that if you hire somebody full time, they actually become regular full time after the 90 days. Use that time wisely, do as strong of an assessment as you can, you have a better chance of a a good release to say, hey, we tried it, it didn't work in that first 90 days versus a year and a half later. Um, So documentation is important, Um, giving them the tools and advice to do it right is important. Don't just say you're doing it wrong, I'm writing you up, You're doing it wrong. This is how you do it right. If you don't um, come up to par, then you could potentially face termination. Just making sure that you're very clear. If you're not sure about what you're gonna have them sign, find an AVA or somebody in HR or a lawyer or whoever and have them review it because once it's signed off, if it's not appropriate, it can work against you. But not having the documentation can also work against you. So it can get a little tricky, Um, but It happens, and if they're not a right fit for your company, it is going to affect your bottom line because of lack of productivity, potentially decreasing morale with the other employees, because they're looking to you to be a leader. If they come to you and say, we can't do our job because of this person, and you let that linger, then you're going to lose other good employees, which, once again, will start that cycle of affecting your bottom line during the hiring process.
0: Well, I've, I've always heard it said that everything that the leader does or does not do sends a message so that's if ava is part of my team um as a, as a team member and ava gets to come in 10 minutes late but somebody else doesn't get to just stroll in 10 minutes late ultimately over time that's just going to create problems right uh, um and, and 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 drama in the workplace and. And and just won't be a good thing. So right. so I really uh, really appreciate that advice. So Ava, tell us how um, any of our listeners can find you, can contact you if they are if they are interested in and even just speaking a little bit more about the specifics of your services. Obviously, you don't work for free, and we don't need to talk about um, your 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 costs and rates right now. But um, if anybody were interested in having a conversation with you, um, how would they find you? Sure.
1: Um, I would say start at my HR consulting firm because we could have a more broad conversation um, about your your HR needs. And so you can reach me at Ava at yourfullcyclehr.com. So Ava at uh, yourfullcyclehr.com. My telephone number is 864-448-0939. And actually, you know, for your listeners, I'm willing to come out and do a free consultation It won't cost them anything. If I'm just going to give them guidance on what they need to improve and they want to take it from there, I'm perfectly fine with that. If they want to engage me, um, of course, I'm always here.
0: Now, do you have, obviously, for in-person consultations, there's going to be geographic limitations, but um, if, if a listener in California, or are there any states that you just... Because of state laws or anything like that, you just would prefer not to work in that area?
1: I do companies on a national level.
0: I do have multiple states um, where I serve as clients.
1: We would just do a conference call. Um, Some different nuances from state to state on certain laws. um, I I take that in consideration when I'm working with them. But anyone can, with today's technology, utilize me wherever they are.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate uh, appreciate this conversation. Uh, I, I know that the HR portion of small businesses is so important. And as, as business owners, like you said, we all know our trades, but but um, you know, there are other parts where sometimes we need a little bit of help. So I'm really, really excited about this, this com- uh, conversation. Um, and tell me just one last thing, one of your professional secrets to success. What's made you successful?
1: I would say just um, tenacity and being, being willing to look at what could be looked at as a failure, as a way to go back and, and sharpen my knife and be better and stronger. Um, I've been in business since 2002, and I have scars to prove it. Huh. Ever um, once you learn a lesson, it helps you to become a better business owner, a stronger business owner, and it gives you more things to consider before you make decisions. So I would just say tenacity and being open to looking at mistakes and bumps in the road as a, a, a earmark to say how can I become better.
0: Perfect. Absolutely, well, Ava, I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise and your feedback, and uh, hopefully we can maybe maybe every once a quarter or a few times a year talk about some relevant uh, HR and hiring practice if uh, I would love us. I really hope that you enjoyed this interview with Ava Smith. I think there's a lot of valuable information on hiring and human resource uh, issues in this podcast. Um, on another note if you would please take a moment to leave us a positive review that'll help us with our ratings on on the major platforms and also if you ever find yourself with any needs for business or personal financial planning uh, advice or services I hope that you would think of me and email me at david at parallelfinancial.com that's david at parallelfinancial.com I work with individuals and business owners and really love the insurance agents of the world and I'll do my best best to point you in the right direction. And finally, please note that nothing in this podcast should be construed as a product or service recommendation. Thank you and God bless.